Welcome to OK-ish, a podcast all about mental health in the modern world. I'm Mary Ellen Dance, a licensed mental health therapist, here to strip away misunderstandings about therapy and share exactly what I do in an honest way. Don't worry, you won't hear inspirational quotes or be told to spend more time doing self-care. I'm here to get to the real stuff using my own experiences as a therapist and as a really messy human being. Come and laugh at yourself with me as you learn not how to become great, but how to become okay-ish. Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me again today to chat about therapy, mental health in the modern world, and how to incorporate all of this into your own lives from someone who lives a very okay-ish life. So far, if you've listened to the first few episodes, I've been talking about some misunderstanding around therapy and therapists, what mental health therapy really is, and I've gotten a lot of questions, which I love, so keep them coming, but I've gotten a lot of questions about me and why I'm a therapist. So I thought I'd take today to tell you a little bit about how I fell into this profession, because that's kind of what it feels like, is that I fell into it. Many therapists that I know get into this field because they had an amazing experience with a therapist as a child and they want to give back to the world, or because they have experienced their own mental health struggles, either personally or with loved ones or family members, and want to help advocate for others. Spoiler alert, none of these reasons are why I became a therapist. I do not have some great sob story, and I'm going to be honest here. For a long time, I felt really insecure about that. In grad school, we would all talk about our lives and our goals, and it felt like every other student would share some heartwarming or sometimes heart-wrenching childhood story, which is what led them to why they wanted to become a therapist. And then it would get to my turn, and I would be like, uh, because it sounded cool? Because psychology is interesting? I didn't have some mental health struggle that I'd overcome that made me want to be a therapist, I didn't realize I have anxiety until much in my adulthood, but we'll get to that later. So in class, I would never be open about what I felt like was the real reason that I wanted to become a therapist, which is that I'm incredibly nosy, and being a therapist means I get to learn all about people's lives, thus fulfilling my nosy needs. So let me back up a little bit to give some context. Growing up, I was always involved with church, volunteer work, I went on mission trips, I loved being part of organizations like this. I also was very much like I am now in terms of I love to meet new people, get to know new people. I've always asked a lot of questions, hence the nosiness, to the point where I was really embarrassing to my parents as a child because I would ask very inappropriate questions. So you might look at this history and think, oh, no brainer that she would become a therapist with these interests. That makes sense, right? Well, hindsight's twenty twenty. I had no idea at the time. So when I went off to college, I started as a theater major, which surprises a lot of people because people who didn't know me in high school think, oh my gosh, you did theater? (laughs) So I'm going to be honest, I haven't given up on my dream of becoming an actress. Actually, that's not true. I don't think I want to become an actress anymore, but my acting dream has morphed into a talk show host dream, and I've definitely not given up on that. So Kelly Ripa and Ryan Seacrest, if you're listening, please call me because... I'm ready. Anyways, during college as a theater major, I took a psych 101 class that I loved. So I just started taking more psychology classes because I found them interesting. Eventually, I changed my major to psychology because I realized I probably wasn't going to make it big time as an actress. And one of my psychology professors was an adjunct and she worked full time as a 
you guessed it, licensed mental health counselor, which is what I am now. I loved the story she told in her outlook, so I thought, perfect, that's what I'll do. Figured it out. Coming full circle, it's actually really awesome because I now adjunct at a local university also, and I have students that come up to me wanting to do what I do because of the stories I'm able to share. So that's pretty freaking cool to see. Anyways, this all led me to go straight from undergrad to a master's in mental health counseling program, and here I am today. So believe it or not, I'm sharing a lot of this with you. So A, you can get to know me a little bit better in my background, but also to share with you that I have been judged a lot for this story, which has really sucked. When I tell people that I really like psychology, sometimes they will say things to me like, well, you must have gone into this field because you just love helping people, right? I mean, yes, I like helping people. It's an honor to be able to help people in the way that I do, but that's not why I went into the field. Although this has been a huge insecurity of mine, and it's actually a little nerve-wracking to talk about on here to such a large audience, I've realized that it's okay. Now, I want to add in this conversation that I respect everyone who goes into this field for their own reasons, and I can only speak from my personal experience. But from what I've seen, sometimes when people go into this field because of their own mental health struggles with themselves or with loved ones, or because they want to help save everyone, that can end really badly. Because at the end of the day, as much as we may want to, we can't help save everyone. As a therapist, it is vital for my own health to have strong boundaries, to not take stories home with me, to recognize that I can't save everyone because that's out of my control. So my first job ever, I was a chemical dependency addictions counselor at a local hospital. Picture a 21-year-old white blonde girl being an addictions counselor. It was rough. (laughs) Turned out to be the worst and best job of my life. Half the time, I would just be nodding along, pretending I knew the slang terms that clients use to talk about drugs, all the while trying to make myself somehow look older. But this job taught me how to have boundaries. It taught me that I can't save everyone, that that's not my job as a therapist. That's, that's not what a therapist is supposed to do. It taught me that people won't like me. It taught me so, so many things that I hope every therapist out there gets to experience jobs like these. Now, don't get me wrong, it sucked. I went home crying many times. I was threatened many times. I would call my mom on my lunch break crying. But I also met amazing people, learned more than I can explain, and I'm so thankful I had this job. So remember how a few minutes ago, I was talking about how people judged me for not having a sob story reason of wanting to be a therapist? Well, guess what happened after I was a chemical dependency counselor and learned boundaries and how to leave the scary and sad stories from work at work? For the most part, I mean, I'm still a human being. I'm not completely cold-hearted. But when I learned some of these boundaries, you guessed it, more judgment. More, wow, I don't know how you do it. I'm too much of an empath to not think about all those poor people all the time. Yeah, comments like those make me feel really great. I'll tell you that right now. There were times, especially in this job, where I thought maybe I shouldn't be a therapist. Apparently, I'm not empathetic enough. I don't have a sob story to share. I've never even thought about using a drug. (laughs) How am I supposed to help people? Why am I in this field? I come from a fairly stable family with no big dramas in my childhood. I must not be cut out for this job, right? People can tell this. I must have to do something different. 
Anyways, I clearly stuck with being a therapist, despite what I'm telling you. One of the biggest things that helped me stick with this career and know that it is by far the best career for me, aside from being a talk show host, obviously, was going to therapy myself. The first time I went to a therapist, I was in graduate school. Guess what? They make all counseling grad students go to therapy to see what it's like in the other chair, which is awesome. I loved it so much I never stopped going. Are you kidding? An hour to sit and just talk about myself? That sounds fantastic. So going to a therapist while being in grad school, while being a chemical dependency addictions counselor, having no idea what I was doing, while going through the regular woes of being a 20-something, holy crap, it was like self-growth and awareness smacking me in the face every day. I was exhausted. (laughs) But all of these things have helped me to learn about myself. It's helped me to learn about the reasons I became a therapist and how to be a damn good therapist too. I have been taught how to leave my own shit at the door so that I can be present for a client and vice versa, how to kind of leave a client's shit at the door so I can be present for myself. Now, don't worry. Don't get me wrong. I'm always still learning and growing and will be my whole life. But the point of me telling you all of this is to share that my reason for becoming a therapist changes all the time. It morphs and it grows. My nosiness will always be there. Don't get me wrong. But after going to therapy myself, being a chemical dependency counselor, going through grad school, all of these things, I've realized different reasons that I want to become a therapist. What being a therapist means to me changes as I change. So I also want to share that going through some of my own struggles with depression and anxiety, guess what? Even without some sob story, I still have experienced depression and anxiety. But it's all given me a different outlook on my clients. Loving people with mental health struggles in my personal life gives me a different outlook. Loving people who would never even think about going to therapy gives me a different outlook. Again, my nosiness has and will always be there. Ask anyone that knows me. (laughs) But my reasons for doing what I'm doing, you guys, sometimes those reasons change daily. So when I was in third grade, the first day of third grade, actually, By the way, I had no idea how to transition into this story, so I'm just diving in. I have a point, I promise. Anyways, so it's the first day of third grade, and Mrs. Heinrich is my teacher, who is known for being the hard-ass teacher. I wasn't too worried about having the hard-ass teacher, though, because, as you can imagine, I was quite the rule follower as a child. I mean, I still am as an adult. But anyways, so Mrs. Heinrich starts the day by telling us what our schedules will be for the day. You know, first we do math and history. You get the idea. So she tells us that after lunchtime, we would come back to the classroom and go straight to the reading carpet so she could sit in her rocking chair and read to us. As I was thinking about what to say in this podcast, it literally made me miss third grade when you could just sit on a carpet and have someone read to you. Doesn't that sound great? Anyways, the first day of school goes on. And after lunch, I go back to the classroom and I sit on the reading carpet because that's what Mrs. Heinrich told us to do in the beginning of the day. No one else followed me. Not one of the other 20-something kids in the class followed me. But I just sat there. And some of the kids whispered to each other things like, oh, Mary Ellen, the goody two-shoes is going to get in trouble. She's gone rogue. I couldn't hear them. They were whispering. But I imagine that's what they were saying. I think one kid got up and came over to the carpet, but like didn't end up sitting down, ended up going back to their desk. So anyways, when Mrs. Heinrich enters the room again, I'm the only person on the carpet. And by the way, this was back in the day where a class full of third graders were left alone until the teacher finished lunch. (laughs) 
So when she walks into the room, you could hear a pin drop. It's silence. Everyone, including me, was holding my breath, waiting to see what happened. Mrs. Heinrich finally comes over, sits in the rocking chair, and says to the rest of the class, she's right where she should be. Okay, I promise I'm getting really close to my point. I think about this story a lot. Like, kind of a weird amount. Like, why do I think about this story so much? That was a long time ago. I need some new stories. It was not until the past few years that I realized I thought about this story as a guide. I would basically think about this story when I was questioning myself and would kind of ask myself, well, what would third grade Mary Ellen do? She was self-assured. She was confident in her decision to stay on the carpet. I want to be like her. Maybe I sound nuts. So for a long time, I didn't tell anyone this story. Or rather that I thought about this story and questioned my actions today based off of my third grade self. Because I thought people would think I was nuts. And again, maybe I am. But I bet third grade Mary Ellen might have thought that too. But she still did her thing. She was authentic and did what she felt confident in doing. But recently, I started to share this story with a few other people. And one person said, holy shit, Mary Ellen, there's your reason. That's why you're a therapist. You want everyone to feel empowered to be their metaphorical third grade self. I was like, holy cow, you're absolutely right. Now, when I was, you know, 19 in college taking psych courses and thinking that they were cool and I would be more likely to get a job in psych than I would be as an actress, was I thinking about this? Absolutely not. But as I morph and grow, those reasons morph and grow. And remember how I told you that they make everyone in grad school go to therapy? Well, all teachers, all therapists encourage each other to go to therapy all the time. Because if we're not growing and changing, how can we expect clients to grow and change? You know? So when people ask you, oh, this podcast that you've been listening to, why did she become a therapist? The real reason that I'm nosy, we can keep to us. You can share the sweet little story of a third grader being authentic to everybody else. But here's the thing. That's my story today. That's something I feel strongly connected to today. I'm sure my reasons for being a therapist and doing what I do will continue to morph and change again as I continue to morph and change. So I want to add one more thing about all of this. I have felt really insecure about this. And I'm sure no one who's listening can relate to insecurities, right? None of us ever feel insecure, I'm sure. But I want to challenge you. I want you to think about those things that you're feeling insecure about. Maybe you have no reason to feel insecure about them, right? Back when I was in college and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have this some sob story. That's not what makes a therapist a good therapist. It's based in all different types of things. So I hope that sharing this story helps you to get to know me, get to know a little bit about my experience. I will continue to share more stories about my experiences, other jobs I've had, other really, really uncomfortable experiences like being a 21-year-old, never having done a drug and trying to be a drug and alcohol counselor. I will share a lot more about that. But for right now, I'm going to continue to try to live up to my third grade standard because I think that girl was pretty okay-ish. Disclaimer, this podcast is produced for your universal listening pleasure. Any statements shared during our program are opinions and experiences of our team and guests.
If you disagree with any content presented herein, please find another show before submitting nasty grams. This is a positive vibes only platform. If you love our show and want to connect, share your experiences, or know someone who we should interview on future episodes, please don't hesitate to get in touch through our website or Instagram. Thanks for listening to this program brought to you by Daydreamer Network. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Your feedback allows us to rank on the best new shows list and continue to grow our podcasts in order to bring more unique and talented storytellers to the network. To check out our shows, including programs about relationships, sports, business, nutrition, leisure, and more, head to www.daydreamernetwork.com. We look forward to seeing you back next week for another great episode. Have a wonderful day.